This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Jaden and Andrew, thanks for joining us on Hope. Thanks Hi. for having us, mate. It's, um, it's nice to be here. Jaden, let me start with you. How did you and your wife, Michaela, end up living where you're living? Yeah, we hit a year into our marriage and lockdown kind of grabbed us all. We're based in Melbourne, so we spent a lot of time in lockdown. One thing that was really on our minds was, you know, we missed a lot of people. We're, we're pretty social. We missed our mates at church and from uni. It was hard on a lot of people, but one group of people that we didn't miss, which was purely because we didn't know them, was people who were experiencing homelessness. That was quite confronting for us because we figured, well, as people who love Jesus and people who are trying to follow, I suppose, a biblical example, how are we not in regular relationship with people who are experiencing really significant challenges in life. So that was quite confronting. And, and I suppose we were, we were praying into that and thinking over it. And the opportunity presented itself to move into a servant's community house. It was kind of an overnight decision in that we got a text one day that invited us to relief manage for a week, which we did. And then the next day we got a new text that said, how do you feel about moving in? <laughs> <laughs> we just felt that the time was really right. We felt like there was more to life that was available for us than our kind of comfortable eastern suburbs home. And we've been really glad that we did. And I'm understanding this right, aren't I? That the servant's home that you're in is you and Michaela and 28 other blokes. <laughs> yeah. It is full house. It's good. So our residents are all sorts of different people. And kind of the model of housing that we have is sort of halfway in between what you might call like a supported residential service where um, people live in, in a house where everything is provided, you know, all meals and you have on-site doctors and stuff like that. We're, we're not that. We're somewhere in between that and a private rental. Our residents are people who often find themselves falling between the cracks. If you have just left prison or you have a mental illness or a physical disability and for whatever reason you may not be able to work or if you've just left a domestic violence situation and you know, you don't have anywhere immediate to go to, but you need somewhere to get on your feet, then where do you go that's safe? You know, you can go and live in a private boarding house or you can live um, in crisis accommodation for a short time or you can live on the streets. If you don't have family and friends to, to help you out, then there's that question of, of where does home become? Yeah. And so our residents, um, yeah, this kind of odd collection of people who have found themselves in this space of community. How did you find yourself, Andrew, to come to live with Jaden, Michaela, and 27 other blokes? For me, I, I was fortunate. I knew, knew someone within the organisation, Servants. I didn't know that they had expanded from one house to four, and I didn't know that I was going to pick up permanent uh, residency because for me, Ben, I was released from prison after doing 12 months. And, of course, when you're released from prison, there's no arrange accommodation for you or you know there's a plan ahead for you it's just they open the doors and you're not their problem anymore and then you're just like on your own andrew that's it so you have minimal money that's going to get you by for a certain period of time you definitely can't afford to stay in private hotels for me you know landing at servants and ending up at hamer what is it now four years going on five years yeah. or something Still there, amongst all the lunacy, but it's great. It's great. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's fantastic. There's so many th things that happen every day. You're not bored. You've got people <laughs> around you that are interested in you. 
not just your rent money. Andrew, you just described it as lunacy. I don't know what I would describe the sort of housing arrangement you guys you guys have. What are some of the things that happen day to day? Like who cooks and cleans? What what goes on in such a ginormous house? There's the staff employed that do the cooking. We, we're provided with a meal each day. You know, and there's tea and coffee and milk and fruit provided. That's all taken care of. What needs to be taken care of is the residents themselves and how they interact in a community environment. You don't get that with just rooming houses. They just want your rent and that's it. No, servants is a different kettle of fish. What do I call them? The rare gem of the East. (laughs) That's beautiful. Generous language that Andrew uses. (laughs) What kind of benefits have you experienced, Andrew? One, I'm not homeless, even though I think I'm technically classified as that. When you first move into housing like this, you are. So you're on um, what's called the Victorian Housing Register, which is basically a big list of everyone that's looking for a safe place to call home. Um, but once you move in, then you can be removed from that list and you can kind of call that your permanent address or... Because it is my home. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I put my hat up there and that's my home. It definitely and feels I'm... like home. Yeah. Yeah. Quite happy with it. Outside of those walls of Haymart, you see homeless people on the street and... That's how far I am from those people. I I know what it is to be homeless and sleep on cold concrete, and it's not nice. So having a warm bed and a warm meal and people that actually care, there needs to be more of it, a lot more of it. Is there likely to be more of it, Jaden? Do you know? How many more servants' houses are there going to be? And are you only in Victoria or are you elsewhere? Our organisation is only in Victoria. There would be, you know, one on every street corner if we had the funding to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I think one of the challenges is that when we look at an issue such as homelessness and housing, we, we think it's about the beds, but it's not really about the beds. You can put, you know, 20, 100, 1,000 people who have been homeless into beds and provide space for them, but unless you have a genuine sense of community and a reason to stay, then it's unlikely that most of those people will maintain their tenancies. And this is such a common problem across the housing sector. Governments will put up buildings and think, great, we've got the beds, we've solved the homelessness issue. But when you consider the people who might find themselves homeless, which is, you know, being homeless in itself is a traumatic event Mm. and it's so filled with uncertainty. But particularly if you're homeless because of a domestic violence incident or because of another trauma or because you have a mental illness like schizophrenia or or bipolar disorder, or you might have additional needs, then there's so much more to unpack. For you to live safely and independently, you need a community of support around you that's not only medical support, but people who are going to be in your corner, who genuinely care for you, and who are going to notice if something goes wrong. And not just notice because the caseworker's done their monthly check-in, but notice because you haven't come out of your room for a day or because you didn't eat at dinner last night or because you just look a bit upset that day. That's where our model or our hope is, you know, it's really simple. You, you live alongside people and you eat with them and you live life together, right? Suddenly you can create a safe community and environment. Yeah, with more funding, we'd have that on, on every street corner. <laughs> and Jaden, people might describe you and Michaela as the ones who have come to your servant's house and you're serving. You are the servants. But what kind of benefits have you noticed about living in the sort of community that you guys live in? You know, loneliness is described as an epidemic by some. We live in this kind of society that's very individualistic. We 
have this, I'd almost call it a lie that we feel like we can provide everything for ourselves. The reality is though, is that no one does life on their own and enjoys it. Everyone is built for community and we're made to be living life alongside other people. When we start to buy into the lie of self-proficiency, we miss out on something really beautiful. We get every day to live alongside people who are so different from us, which is so full of challenges and is so unique. But the, the beauty is you experience genuine connection with really diverse people and, and you start to fall in love with them and you're loved in return. The ultimate goal for Mikhail and I is that you know, our lives would look more and more like Jesus and that we would be able to follow in his footsteps. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.